0: all about 45 fucking minutes when they play <laughs> with a silly plastic ball on a silly plastic pitch with silly short boundaries and try and whack it everywhere.
1: Keith, lovely to see you on this fine Thursday evening for episode 45 of Halfway Up Middle, our
0: things in the capital. Yeah, not too bad Liam, not too bad. It's Thursday evening as you say, always nice to sort of timestamp that ahead of when this will be released. Will it be be I mean, next tuesday next wednesday it could be pretty could friday couldn't it you know what i mean uh and who knows what thursday evening this even is but no I'm, I'm 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 all good that is not that is a terrible criticism that is totally unwarranted for i just <laughs> i just speak i don't do any of the hard admin work that goes into all of this that liam does and graphs a way to do so no i'm very
1: well how are you mate i'm good and while i can see uh your t-shirt mate Let's have a plug for that T-shirt you've got on mate. It looks
0: good. It looks cool. But really? Are you getting, Are we going going for a plug of a, a barbershop in Bristol? Yeah. Yeah, that's my uh, family business, you know, the South Central Barbers, if anybody's in Bristol. Feel free to mention my name or Halfway Up Middle Podcast and uh, you'll probably not get a discount. But we will. <laughs> no, you will. You will. You will. Um, albeit I can't imagine there's that many people – listening from Bristol in relation to this um, or or people in the Scottish cricket community who are travelling down to Bristol. Maybe they are. Maybe it's a lovely destination this time of year. In fact, one of our very own cricketers, Mark, what was in Bristol this week? He should have gone and got himself a haircut. There you go, mate.
1: He missed that boat. He missed that boat. But I'll tell you, what are the chances? Make sure if anyone is listening to this goes to South Central Barbers and gets their haircut this week. I will pay that haircut. There you go. There you go, sports fans.
0: That is a bold statement. I like it, Liam. (laughs) Putting your money where your mouth is. Exactly, Mate, have you had the sticks out this week? Have you been swinging the golf clubs? Oh, yeah. Okay. Talk me through it. Where have you been swinging those golf clubs? No, not guilty. Have you, though? Have you, mate? Have you been swinging the golf clubs? Have I been swinging the golf clubs? Um... I played golf a couple of weeks ago, but I haven't played since. Um, been too. It was my wife's birthday last weekend, so I couldn't uh, use the, that opportunity. I couldn't. I couldn't possibly tell her. Oh, listen, you know, I'm going to spend most of the weekend on the golf course, so uh, no golf for me um, the last last weekend. But I need to take advantage of these of of, uh, of these weekends that are dry and sunny while while I count September. Off and October for that matter is prime golfing golfing time um, so yeah I'll have to get out on the course have you, I, I take it you've not been out you've not been out then playing golf you're not you're not a big golfer Liam is that right? Not at all mate nah not at all I quite enjoy
1: um, going to like stroll around the golf course for Hoggy or my brother or dad um, but yeah that's about as far as it goes however there is some decent golf on this weekend I believe the Ryder Cup is on have I got that right?
0: Well, the Ryder Cup is actually at the beginning of October. This this weekend it's the it's the PGA, uh, um, but the Ryder Cup um, is is at the beginning uh, the last weekend of September, beginning of October. I'll be actually in France watching a bit of Scotland at the Rugby World Cup on that particular weekend. Cannot wait for that. It's, they're playing Romania, so it's a guaranteed win. Fingers crossed. Um, and uh, no, so I'm with my old man and uh, brother actually. albeit it'll, it'll be quite nice to sit in a few. Uh, a french hostelry so to speak and uh watch a bit of the Ryder cup um but yeah all the Ryder cup teams have been announced so yeah it's sort of prime kind of golfing season but a lot of cricketers who let's be honest most cricketers unlike yourself Liam are kind of frustrated golfers in many ways so uh so yeah looking forward to that
1: yeah yeah good good mate
0: um did you see Ben Stokes's innings this week I, I mean, you you were messaging me to, to say, saying how wonderful it was. I'll be honest with you, I was, you know me, I was far more interested in the sedate tranquility that it was. Uh, Derbyshire versus Gloucestershire at, uh, at the county ground in Bristol. I was I was <laughs> I was working, but on my I just I had it on 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 the kind of laptop on the side was uh, was watching wattie Bowl. Getting, he, got, he bowled a wonderful delivery to get rid of Chris Dent, one of my favourite cricketers, Chris Dent, and Mark Watt, one of my favourite cricketers as well. So, no, I didn't watch Ben Stokes get 180-odd. I was too busy watching a complete dead-end draw in Bristol. But, yeah, um, how was it? How was? Tell, tell me more about Stokes' innings, because it must have been pretty special. Oh, it was brilliant, mate.
1: He's gone in at 13 for two. He's not looked like he was timing the ball very well at all. And... I think in one over, he hit, let me get this right. I think he hit three fours in a row to get him to like 30 odds. And none of them were convincing fours. They were all just kind of gapping it over fielders and things. And then he just got going and got going. And my days, it was fantastic. It was brilliant. It was like a T20 innings over 50 overs. Um, He just, anything that was up went the distance. yeah, it was really good to watch. Really good to see him in that form as well. Going into the World Cup, um, you want to yeah. see the big players performing, don't you, mate? And
0: hundred percent. I mean, probably England's best player, isn't he? Really, he, he certainly is. And you know, he's what well, this is. What I, this is quite what what I kind of love actually about about kind of I guess iconic English cricketers in general, particularly those that play that all rounder role. The, the kind of the way their journey is as a cricketer, um, you think about Stokes, and I think about Flintoff, and if you go back even further, you think about both them. They've all got these kind of checkered pasts where they've been hammered by the press. They've got into incidents like Stokes, obviously, in Bristol, um, or you've got Flintoff, Fred, low, you know, his weight issues at the start of his career, or both them, you know. I hit a copper and uh, smoked a doobie and all the rest of that David <laughs> Brent line. Brentline, um, but but ultimately they 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 always come out as the heroes exactly. Um, they always come out as the heroes and they they're always wonderful talents and uh, Stokes is just wonderful to watch. You know, he's the sort of guy that even uh, I mean a lot of I, I mean I, I I don't mind the England cricket team at all and. Uh, it, albeit I always want Scotland to beat them. But it's it's. I think it's always wonderful to watch someone like Ben Stokes play. I think he's such a, a, a wonderful role. He's become such a wonderful role model. And he's such a great, you know, he, he's such an eye-catching player. So, uh, yeah, it'll be great to see him in the World Cup. But I do think England have got trouble, really. I know that they've turned over New Zealand a couple of times here in this World Cup, but it strikes me they haven't played enough 50 over cricket. And they're trying to sort of merge this T20 team with this test team. And then they call back Stokes, and they're trying to sort of cram it all into a, into a, into a successful team in the 50 year World Cup. I'm sure we'll cover that in a future pod, but uh, but yeah, who knows? Time will tell, mate. Time will tell.
1: Um, brings us nicely on to our kind of main topic, which we're going to talk about today, sports fans, um, and that was a recent um, consultation events that Cricket Scotland rolled out over the over the country um, in August and September. Taken in 12 different um, towns, clubs, cities, but we would like to call it, areas. Um, Pete, I was at the one in Aberdeen last week. Um, did you get along to any of them?
0: Yeah, well, there were a couple in Edinburgh. I went to one of them at Stu, Mel. it feels like a while ago now. It was, I think it was right at the end of August um, they had that um yeah, and and I mean, I don't. I know that you were telling me that there was a decent turnout in Aberdeen. There was certainly a reasonable turnout at Stumel. Uh, Um and and I, I mean, I, looking at photos across the country, there seemed to be a good turnout across the country. Really, um, I mean, how, what, what, what do you what, what did you make of it, Liam?
1: Yeah, it was decent, mate. There was about I would have said thirty five at Manafield on a Wednesday night. I think it was a Wednesday. Um, it was led by. Pete Fitzboyden with um Paul McCari was also there. And it was a good spread of ages. Um, people from the grades, people from um SPCU clubs, the SPCU chair was there. mentioned that a few times. Um, but yeah, so we're all it was overall impressed. it was quite good. It was something different, something new that I've never seen from them before and I learned quite a bit actually about what they want to do and where they want to go and it seemed to be like they had time to listen as well and seemed quite open to questions. There was a chance to ask questions at the end and um, they all spent time in groups discussing uh, all sorts of things really but
0: it was good. I enjoyed it. I enjoyed it. So no, no, I mean, you know, that I, I, I couldn't agree more, Liam, when it comes to uh the the consultation went event I went to. I mean, immediately I was thinking, you know, one thing, one one phrase that keeps resonating in my head whenever I whenever I think of kind of the way Cricket Scotland have been portrayed on social media over the last wee while is this is this term of dinosaur. It couldn't be less dinosaurs if you tried, in all honesty, you know. Um, at, the, at the event in Edinburgh, there was Charles Patterson, there was P- Peter Vance Boyden, there was uh, Nicola Wilson, I know there were some of the uh, 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 area reps who were doing the junior coaching in the area, Matty Cross even turned up, and I mean, none of these people are, are, are dinosaurs in any any way, shape or form, these are people who work their asses off in many respects, um, and 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 are really with it when it comes to trying to promote the game and, and trying to be as diverse and inclusive as possible. And that was really, really uh, noticeable to me. Um and I, I I forgive me, I have forgotten a few other other key people who were there that particular evening, um, and people I don't I perhaps don't know as well. But what the first person that struck me more than anything, Liam, I don't know about you, was Peter Fitzboyden. What I mean, this guy, how on earth is he the CEO of Cricket Scotland? I know it's temporary but he speaks incredibly well. He's very knowledgeable. He's open to challenge, Um, but he's also very pertinent in terms of he knows what skill set he's got. He knows where he's been successful and he's able to deliver that. And um, he speaks incredibly well. And what I really liked about the consultation event is it wasn't just a case of we're going to speak at you and tell you about our four-year plan, our 10-year plan, of which there are both four and 10-year plans. It was a case of We've got a shed load of issues in the game, not just issues of, of you know, the, the existing issue of, of of being institutionally racist. But there's, you know, issues in terms of trying to uh, engage kids from state schools or develop the women's game or get facilities better, create a, 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 a better regional series or a regional series of some way, shape or form and and they put it back to the audience that you worked in small groups with tables of people some people i didn't really know that well and and it started to get you thinking and and it almost created that sense of look this this is that we're we're giving you an hour to try and uh, think about this this is we've these are a lot of problems and a lot of challenges and and you know what, what do you think and and the more you talk about them the more you think crikey that's that's a hell of a problem that the, even you know the, the messaging was was very transparent. I felt yes, there's a lot of there's money coming into the game because the ICC are going to give more money to Cricket Scotland because they're going to give money to a lot of to all, to all the countries. That's great, but ultimately it doesn't put us on any higher trajectory than the next country. But it's great that there's going to be money there. But the list of challenges, the list of problems, is endless. There are you know it goes well beyond the length of your arm, and so it's how can they. Distribute resources, distribute money effectively to be able to fix and problems, fix issues, and continue to grow the game. Um, there was so, there's nothing better than being as transparent as that with people. And I I wish more people had come to these events. There was some, there was some good turnout, but it wasn't a case of the same old faces in some respects. It would be nice to see uh, people who've got maybe peripheral view of cricket in Scotland coming to these events and seeing. But these guys really mean business. They know what they're doing. They talk a great game, and not only that, they're actually starting to deliver a great game. So, dinosaurs they are not.
1: Yeah, yeah, a lot of nodding, Pete. Um, one thing I would touch on it, 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 I don't know what the Edinburgh tournament was like, but there wasn't that many players. I must admit, at the one I was at, it was a lot of older people that were there uh, than like like you know the kind of demographic of the 20 to 30 year old adult playing cricket in Scotland wasn't really represented at all. Um, I'm a little bit older than 30 and I was probably one of the youngest there. Um, And it's a, it's a pity I must admit it's a pity that maybe more players aren't engaging with these things. And they took in 1500 surveys through the big survey that they launched. It'd be good to see a lot of players put their opinion across because ultimately they are the ones that are in the game just now. And, they, like you said, Pete, the powers that be are listening. They want to hear ideas. They want to hear what you want cricket in Scotland to look like. Um, and hopefully players are taking up the mantle and are putting their opinions across because I just felt that, that wasn't they weren't well represented at the meeting that I was at. Um, a lot of people in committees and a lot of people in... Um, chair positions and things like that, of course, well, well entitled to their opinion, but sometimes I think the players are a little bit poorly represented, and that's probably their own fault, to be honest. Um, touch on Fitz Boyden, mate, if I had one question, I didn't get a question, because if anyone was at the one at Manifield, there was somebody that liked to talk quite a lot at it, um, and <laughs> But the question I would have asked Pete Fitzboyden is, what are you doing here? Because (laughs) he seemed to be like very overqualified, um, a good person, a good listener, a good speaker. um, And I just thought, why have you ended up here? But um, he, he he impressed me anyway. That's what I've got down. He impressed me and he seems to have a pretty good handle on things already, Pete. He did acknowledge the the EDI work and the thing you know, you know, and the work on the on the back of the of being found institutionally racist. However, he did also address that that is by far not the only issue that needs addressed and needs improving fixed. Um, so yeah,
0: was uh, was was impressed with him in particular. Yeah, um, I'm glad that you got a similar vibe there, Liam. Um, I, I I couldn't help but think. The, the, the way that he operated and spoke, and then I think back to Anjan Luthra, who was obviously the chair, I imagine that if they'd been working in tandem, obviously Anjan no longer with the organisation, just the touch points that you had with him, I felt that that would be an incredibly strong combination. But obviously Anjan left, we know, we've spoken about that, we know about that, but I just thought, you know, uh, he certainly had that kind of commercial awareness, that open, that honesty, he, you know, I, I, I did ask a question about because a lot of the, the the kind of problem solving was 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 seemed to be addressing a lot around issues within the Scottish cricketing community, and I felt a big question was ultimately how can we as an as, as as cricket in Scotland, and how is the how is cricket Scotland gonna like I guess manage the ongoing issue of cricket Scotland being. Um, to the outside sporting community of, of of Scotland, having this this sort of uh, you know, situation of being institutionally racist, how can how can we as how can Cricket Scotland get the message out that there's a lot of positive about cricket in Scotland, and and how can they I guess manage that? Because yes, you, you know there was real ownership of this institutionally racist situation. There's a lot of, of measures to address that. Um, but we still need to get these really good messages out there about all the good things we're doing. Because what's happening at the moment is those messages are going out, and then they're getting crushed by, you know, the the, the you know the lawyers of this world who are who like to pr- proliferate on social media and talk about how uh, cricket Scotland's full of dinosaurs and this, that, and the next thing. And every incident, and we've had a sim- we've had an incident quite recently at Greenock, and it would be wrong to not mention that. And that was a terrible incident and, it, it, you know, completely out of order. But that incident is an idiot, a racist idiot being an idiot, right? Okay, that is not a representation in my eyes of cricket in Scotland. It's very easy for people who aren't involved in the community in cricket in Scotland to see it as as that's cricket in Scotland because it's institutionally racist. And that that idiot is actually just symptomatic of everybody there. We know that's not the case if you're involved in this community. But what happens is, is that that incident gets jumped upon, and then it's get it gets Cricket Scotland get tagged in all these tweets and or X's or whatever you want to call them, and and then it's all getting sort of it, it gets kind of caught up in the media storm as if it's kind of this Cricket Scotland's racist again. And I'm not saying that issues like that should be brushed under the carpet. They definitely shouldn't be brushed under the carpet. But what we need to do is 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 manage the the noise um, in the best possible way so for, for everything to move forward in a really positive way and there to be unity in in the future um and i think peter vitzboyden's a great person for that i think charles patterson who we know is a superbly experienced um uh, speaker a media person person it's some, fantastic to have somebody like him within the organization um uh, you know he he um he's obviously worked on sky sports news he obviously has a plan in mind as to how to do that, and it's wonderful to see stories like the one that you were talking about in our last pod um, with Alex Steele. Obviously, and 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 that story being um, a, a great story. And it's not to say we need to push out positive stories every time there's a, a racist incident. We need to highlight those racist incidents, but we need to isolate them. You're you're you know these people, individuals are, are fools and idiots and racists, and they we, they've got no place in our game. But we still want to be able to manage that issue in in, in and, and manage and manage communication of, of cricket in Scotland in a really, in, in a balanced manner, I would say, moving forward.
1: Yeah. Although it was uh, an unsavoury instant, Pete, and we have spoken about it um, personally and obviously on the pod, um, and it was disappointing to hear as well, it was magic that I actually had to phone the police and somebody else that had kind of raised, raised it. Um, um, but yeah, you like to think... In the grand scheme of things, an isolated incident over the season by someone who needs removed from the game and has no place. Um, hopefully, like you say, we can move on and um football, well, obviously season's more or less finished, but concentrate on uh the positive positive things and that have happened over over the summer.
0: Absolutely, Liam. Yeah, absolutely. And um I think what's what's really good is that the pl- the plan's in place now for cricket scotland yeah there's going to be some challenging times ahead there is going to be you know more i'm sure around the institutional racism um aspect of things and one thing that's very clear from from those consultation events is the organization are going to own those situations um and are aware of those situations. um and 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 obviously it's gonna hurt people in the cricketing community in Scotland, uh but but equally these these things need to be raised if if they if they are indeed if they do indeed come to fruition. Whether that's in the inc- other incidents that are being uh, currently under review, or whether that is the jo- John Blaine, or whether that's Craig Wright and their um potential legal action or whatever it is that they plan to do to defend themselves um for, for I- situations that they've been accused of. Um that that's gonna that's not gonna paint the organisation uh, in a great light, and you know, as, as a podcast or as an individual, I suppose all I can think of is is you know the in the situations, interactions we've had with those those individuals, and I wish them well in in, in their pursuits. Um, and indeed, those people who've felt victim victims of racism, well, the, the outcomes of that, of course, you know, wish we wish them well as well. Um, but what's, what's very clear is that the organisation have got plans to move forward as well at, at, in terms of growing the sport and developing the sport. And I think, um, and addressing things like, you know, the regional series, getting further, in, gr- better engagement from Cricket Scotland within the Strathmore Union, within the S- East, of East League, within the, the, the Western District. And that is really important um, because we can't just be paralysed as an organisation um because of, of of this situation the 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 sport needs to move forward and I think we've got some really good people in, in place but let you know I know that we sit here quite a lot and we blow smoke up Cricket Scotland's ass quite a lot and we say how wonderful they are these they are great people but it's a hell of a list on their hands and there's mistakes that have 100% been made even this season of course they're happening you know there is with small institutions I just, I just hope it. I hope their plans work out well. I hope these good people stay with the organisation. And the most important way that that's going to happen is is through a supportive culture from the community uh, in cricket in Scotland.
1: Yeah, mate. The um, some of the positive things that I learned was that the funding looks like it's going to be potentially doubled um, from the ICC worth of in excess of two million pounds, which which is badly needed. Um, and you touched on it there, the regional cricket. Um, returning, I think that's a uh, that's a must, as a a real um, first thing on the list job for them to for them to work on. I did think the the problems that they've they've uh, uncovered there is a very long list, and I, I did did think to myself, I wonder if they need to acknowledge the problems. However. <laughs> almost put them into an order of right we, we we can't fix 20 things in one year but we can maybe concentrate mm-hmm. on three or four and, and and make that the kind of the real emphasis behind it i suppose the the other thing Fitzboyden boyden said was when you get that money you need to use it correctly and you don't just want to to squander it which which is uh, very important as well but it seems like like we said Pete, from that from that meeting there does seem to be at least a strategy in place which is which is key. Um, we'll bring us bring us on to some more positive stuff, which has happened uh, over the last eight or nine days out in Almeria at Desert Springs. The women were in the European qualifier um, to go through to the global qualifier. Um, six six matches, five wins, one defeat. Pete,
0: did you keep an eye on it? Absolutely, kept an eye on it. Um, it's very. There I go again, say absolutely, say all the time, Liam. Got to stop this. Got to, if I want to be a reputable cricket commentator, I've got to <laughs> stop saying absolutely every five seconds. Anyway, um, yeah, no, of course I kept an eye on it. Uh, and 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 they came back really well because, do you know what's really the most volatile cricket team in the world? Uh, the Dutch female cricket team. I cannot understand them. For the last few years, Scotland have hammered them, right? then this summer they played in that series they beat them they lost to them they were the, 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 the they were the, the netherlands women they were just all of a sudden um beating thailand beating scotland and it was kind of weird and then in that second game of of the series they bowled out scotland for 99 got 137 oh, sorry 134 for 7 and i i thought oh here we go again what i did notice was of course there was two teams qualifying so it kind of didn't matter but it did um and, and what was very impressive for me was when we came back a few days later and uh, and turned them over and turned them over really really well um, bowling the, bowling them out for 63, which again sort of very obscure team, isn't it? They go and trounce us and then we trounce them. I feel, I mean, a few obvious standout performances. I Think Sarah Bryce got a thousandth uh, T20I uh, run, which was very impressive. Um, that, you know, obviously, obviously very good there. Um, She came top of the run score of the whole series. Eos Alistair got her highest uh, T20 score as well. Of course, we beat the French and the Italians home, uh, you know, over both times. But what was, one, I really like the fact there's a French and Italian women's team. I think that's fantastic. Great for the growth of the game. But, it's uh, you know, it, it was great that we saw them off, but there was still some competitive cricket there. So, yeah, I don't know. That's that's about as much as I saw. I didn't watch loads of it. Liam, you may be caught far more than I did.
1: Yeah, I dip, dipped in out of games whenever I, whenever I could, really. Um, but they played some really good stuff. They played some really good stuff. They looked a far more co- cohesive unit in the field. That was one thing that I noticed. Um, particularly in the second game against the Dutch, where they, where they where they beat them very comfortably really. Um they were great in the field. They bowled very well. Um Prinaz Chatterjee, who I know from my Forfisher days, uh, bowled superbly. Absolutely superbly in the in that game. Two for twelve off three overs, uh bowling up the top obviously in the power play, but honestly accuracy um in swing looked on the money um, Sarah Bryce I'll speak about her as well because she's kind of I don't know appears the quieter of the two Bryce sisters and maybe is a little bit um, overshadowed slightly by Catherine but I thought, thought she was great in this game particularly with the gloves four stumpings, and a catch behind and then 49 with a bat um, a real standout in that game but no it was, uh, it was good to see them come through and I think I think really, if they're going to be progressing in these types of tournaments and qualifying for tournaments, they need to be. They need to be dominating these types of these types of um, qualifiers, and, and and they did that after falling to the Dutch. But they they knew everything was going to ride on the second game. They knew they had to beat them, and they had to beat them well. Um, and and that's that's the way it turned out in the end. Somebody else actually yeah. who I noticed was playing this game. A youngster, Darcy Carter. I don't know if you saw any of her, Pete, but a real handy right-hand bat and right-hand off-spinning bowler. She's only 18, um, but
0: she looks, she looks like a real classy player, actually. A good find. That, that's, that's really good Really good to, uh, um, to hear. Yeah, I mean, obviously, she's featured quite a bit, I think, since the beginning of the year for, for, for the Scotland women's team. And I think she's based down in Kent. Or somewhere in the south of England Um, but it's always good when we've got you know 18 year old players representing the senior team and being key players I noticed she was one of the leading wicket takers in the whole competition for me and you know this is another little dig at the ICC obviously they now go to a final qualifying competition um, which I believe is something like a 10 or it might even be a 12 team competition for two places uh, to, to qualify for next year's World Cup and of course, one of those teams that are in the qualifier, Sri Lanka, and I'm right in thinking that they've just turned over England in a in a T20 series, have they not? Or they've certainly got a few scalps. So that's you know that'll be an incredibly challenging fixture. Albeit, it's great to have that sort of level of competition, and obviously another team in Ireland. And and I think the good thing about about Scotland women is they are starting to get results against Ireland. Um, but the Thai, Thailand will, will be there, no doubt. And there'll be a series of other other teams there, so it will be really tricky to qualify at that group. And I, I just think we want we need to see expansion at the at the major competitions for the women's game because it's undoubtedly fair to say that at the at the low, not the lower end, but out with the big, say four nations, it's very competitive, and we want to see that sort of competition. We've got a Rugby World Cup at the moment. We've got Chile. We've got Namibia. We've got Georgia. We've got Uruguay right this minute who've just scored two tries against France, you know. The, we need to have... The, the the major tournaments shouldn't just be the same big countries playing over and over again. Cricket's got so many things wrong when it comes to major tournaments and providing opportunities for the smaller nations, as it were, because our, our, our women's team has grown massively. The, the growth of women's cricket in, in the country has been massive in the 20 years I've certainly been here. Um so so yeah, I, I I'm just delighted that they've gone gone and got those results and and shown that they're the dominant team in Europe, out with obviously England. So yeah, and Ireland, albeit we're competitive with Ireland, of course.
1: Yeah, no, absolutely agree, Pete. Um, obviously, uh, one of my old buddies, Craig Wallace, as well as uh, is now coaching the team. I saw him in one of the photos there with uh, I think Joe Joe Kinghorn Gray was over with him as well, and yeah. there's another another chap as well who I didn't recognise. Um, my apologies, but um, it's great to see Wally um, having a chance in a coaching coaching capacity, and and obviously having a positive impact on the squad. So um, it'll be good to get to get into Craig soon and find out how he's getting on with the team. But a young team, and it's um, fair to say that hopefully. More and more of these games and fixtures, like it has done with the men, it does seem to bring them on as a unit. So hopefully there will be opportunities for more fixtures um, in the coming months before um, it turns into twenty twenty four. And you know, you're just moving through; you don't just lose that kind of unity that you start to build in these types of uh, tournaments that they've got on.
0: Um, yeah, let's we'll, we'll, we'll try. Let's try. We'll, we're going to try. We've got to try and get Craig on, haven't we? If that's the case, you know, if he's leading that team i'm sure we can do that yeah. um over the winter we've got to keep a winter program going so we we'll, we'll uh we'll we'll see if we can get a word with him and get some of the i'm sure he'll talk party line though won't he that's the only problem we want yeah. we want to hear the stories of him out with paul collingwood uh when he was fit when he was 15th man in that 2015 world cup um i like some of the tales i've heard are pretty good but i'm sure we won't get them
1: now you'll need to keep the you need to keep the questions very simple if craig's coming on but we'll, 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 we'll dumb it down for them. We'll keep it,
0: keep it easy. We'll take our education down a, a notch for Craig, yeah.
1: But yeah, well done. well Certainly well done to all the, all the squad that was out there. I know we've touched on a few individuals, but, don't, but there were plenty of other performances out there that um, they did very well, obviously. So Ailsa got some runs as well. Lana Jack as well. Um, so yeah, not just heavily reliant on Sarah and Catherine, however they are. Standout players for sure. I was hoping that they'd maybe try and get in Kirsty Gordon's ear beat and see if they could maybe convince her to turn out for Scotland in these kind of qualifiers.
0: Well, I've got a bit of an update on that because I don't, I never, we, we don't ever want to promote other podcasts whilst we're on this one. But um, I was alluded, I was, I was given a um, a link, and I know Cricket Scotland kind of linked out to this podcast a while ago. Um, what and. Uh, i've got i'm now gonna to have to frantically check what. yeah i listened to it as well mate it was the final word i think the final word the final word podcast and Catherine was actually interviewed on that and she and they asked her about about Kirsty gordon she's a flatmate but i think she's focusing still on on trying to play for england and just focusing her her cricket mm-hmm. around the domestic stuff that she's got involved with obviously down there um which is a shame but I, I would say, you know, I don't want to push too hard on that podcast, but there was interviews with Peter Fitzboyden, with Toby Bailey and with Matthew Cross. And I, I thought they were all fantastic and actually incredibly humble about about the situation we've, we've spoken about already today, which is kind of, I, I suppose, moving forward cricket in Scotland. So uh, what, certainly one to have a look at if you haven't done already.
1: <clears throat> yeah, definitely agree, Pete. I did listen to the pod as well. And I thought, um, yeah, I thought they all spoke very well. Definitely um a podcast worth worth listening to um after you've listened to Halfway Middle, of course. Um, Absolutely. yes, Pierre. So that kind of brings us to the end of our uh of our tour of this week's cricket. Anything, uh, anything else to add, cricket-wise, mate?
0: Not, not really. Um I suppose, yeah, you know, it's it's always a bit of a sad time of year, this, because we're in September. We had that nice little heat patch last week and there's still a bit of county cricket kicking about in England, and you think to yourself, it's it's sort of you sort of grabbing on. It's like those last few days of a relationship when it's sort of tailing away. You know it's going to end, and you're going to go into that dark abyss of winter, um, and you don't really know how you're going to handle it. And uh, and 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 that's kind of what 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 we're in right now. And uh, I, I find myself watching county irrelevant county cricket games more than ever in September because I'm like, oh oh, I'm going to miss this, which is sort of so weird. Um, but but yeah, and I think, you know, what's great is we've got a 50-over World Cup coming up. Great shame, of course, Scotland aren't in it, but so that will always be entertaining and on, and on the television. And then we'll have a gazillion franchise tournaments to whet our appetite over winter, um, which no doubt uh, everybody else will be watching and listening to, and I will be busy watching NFL because I think they're all shite.
1: Pete, I should, I should, I should remind you, mate. Scotland, are off to another quality cricket tournament in October. It's not the World Cup, Pete. It's the European T10, mate. October eleventh, you'll be watching, won't you?
0: Oh, I can't wait for that. No doubt, um, all you know, Ollie, you'll be no doubt be playing in that amongst others. So, you know. Um, I I can't wait for that. It, it, what, what I love about that is how much depth there is to that game. I just love the fact, you know, cricket for me is like a book, and uh, and there's no greater book than something that lasts all about 45 fucking minutes when they play with a silly plastic ball on a silly plastic pitch or with silly short boundaries and try and whack it everywhere. Um, I'll be better off tuning into the World Series of baseball or something like that, you know, rather than watching the T-10. The irony is, of course, Liam, because I'm such a saddo, I'll probably watch it, OK? But I'll be watching it really, really uncomfortably um, if that gives you any solace at all.
1: No worries, mate. I'm glad to, I'm glad you got that off your chest. Pete, um, just to let the sports fans know, Matthew Parker is still alive. He's just offshore just now, and um, hopefully we'll manage to get him back on for a chat soon because um, I'm sure he's got plenty of tales to tell. Yeah. Um, and he I'll, does. I'll, he does. I'll give you. I'll give you a hint of a good one. But he was caddying for a for a French slash American golfer in the Scottish Seniors at Trump, and they did not get on well. So that is a that'll oh. be worth worthless until when he comes back. Hopefully, he sh- names and shames the boy on here. Um, but uh, yeah, basically, there was one caddy who got um, a tip of upwards of a thousand well it was a thousand dollar check from his player so very generous thank you yeah. and, and Matthew for carrying this boy's bag for four rounds got 25 euros off him
0: as a tip oh my days <laughs> so he was furious so yeah but yeah we'll fair, let, we'll let all the fill us in when he comes back yeah and if his chat is anything like it is on this podcast 25 is too much No, no, not at all. We'll end it there. Cheers, mate. Cheers, mate.